Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, I know it's been a, a bit of a minute since the last one of these, but I want to welcome you guys back to the Tongues of Fire podcast. If you don't know already, my name is Danny, and I am the host of the show. Uh, and I want to welcome you guys to season two, episode one, where we're going to be starting over, starting fresh, starting new. Um, and speaking of starting over, I want to. I think today I want to talk about something that we kind of really forget about as Christians and something that I think is important to introduce for those of us that don't believe. I want to talk about the ultimate fresh start, which is salvation. What does that really mean? And why does Jesus make such a big deal out of it when he speaks in parables? And I want to look at one parable in particular. I think it's probably one of the most famous parables that Jesus ever told in his teaching. I want to look at the parable of the lost sheep starting in Matthew uh, chapter 18 verse 10 where we kind of get, in my opinion, the more bare bones, more straightforward to the point version of the story. Starting in verse 10, it says, See that you don't look down on one of these little ones because I tell you that in heaven their angels continually view the face of my Father in heaven. For the Son of Man had come to save the lost. What do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, won't he leave the ninety-nine on the hillside and go and search for the stray? And if he finds it, I assure you he rejoices over that sheep more than over the ninety-nine that did not go astray. And I think something that's really important to look at here, especially for this story, is kind of the context in which Jesus was talking uh, about all these things. And I'm not talking about where he and the disciples were at physically uh, in well, as he's talking about this story. In this story, he, they're at a Pharisee's home eating dinner when a crowd starts to stir up because they know Jesus is dining there. Uh, but what I am talking about is I'm talking about the time period. I'm talking about where they were at in history. So we really get to grasp the gravity of Jesus calling himself a shepherd and calling us his sheep, calling us his flock and going after the one lost sheep. Back in those days, I think when we think of shepherds and we think of the biblical age, I think most of us think of David and rightfully rightfully so as even him, he was a man of God's own heart and he displayed more of Jesus than I think any other human being before him or even long after him until Jesus Christ himself has ever displayed, really. And he started out as a shepherd. And I think this is a completely different side note. This is a completely different tangent. But something interesting to note, if you look at it, is that the the overarching story, the overarching life of David, kind of illustrates the overarching uh, journey that Jesus undertakes, where he starts out humble. He starts out in the lowest of places. But... Not before he gets anointed to be the future king, as Jesus is, because Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and he has been anointed as such by the God the Father, the creator and maker of all. But he gets anointed as king. Then he serves humbly as a shepherd, which is what I'm going to go back to in a moment. And then he fights battles, some of the most intense battles that I think anyone in human history has ever fought. If you don't believe me, David you know, slayed 10,000 people on his own for a wife. Um, And then he came back as king of the holy city, of the holy people. And looking at Jesus, where 
he was anoint he's anointed as king by God the Father himself. Then he comes here humbly as a shepherd. When we think of David as a shepherd, it says in the Bible that he routinely fought bears and lions and wolves to protect his flock from those that you know might try to consume them. And I don't know about you, but I, for one, I don't think I would risk my hide against a bear. I'm not taking my chances against a bear to protect a sheep, much less just one. And it, it even says here that, that he goes out into the wilderness to find the one. Into the wilderness. Like, you have no idea how much stuff, dangerous stuff is in the wilderness and for him to go out not for his whole flock but for just one and if we're thinking about the times back then where you had or if you were a shepherd you were routinely fighting bears and snakes and wolves and lions that are trying all trying to consume your sheep and he's going out into the wilderness by himself for the one sheep going up against all kinds of bears and wolves and lions, and I think that's an important thing to note. That in the context that he's talking about, just saying shepherd entails much more than just this picture that we've developed in the modern day in our minds, where we kind of just picture a man with a curved stick sitting on a hilltop, watching over this endless green pasture of peace. As the sheep graze there. No, that is not what being a shepherd entailed. Being a shepherd entailed you putting your life on the line for these animals, tending to them, and fighting when necessary to protect these animals. And I think we really underappreciate that part of the story because we hear that Jesus is the good shepherd that leaves the 99 to get the one and rejoices when that one is found. And we just kind of think, oh, it's an inconvenient walk. You know, he's just kind of separating from the flock and you know he's just got to walk a little ways and get the one but no 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 sir what jesus would have to do with the context and illustration that he's giving us is he's going out into the forest he's going out into the thick and he is trudging through it trying to get to this sheep fighting his way through it and defending the sheep if necessary and now looking at the one other time that this parable shows up in the Bible, and this is my f personal favorite telling of this story, is in Luke chapter 15, verse 4. Uh, and really only one thing has changed about the story, but this one thing really spoke to me quite a bit. Uh, starting in verse 4, What man among you who has a hundred sheep and loses one of them does not leave the ninety-nine in the open field and go after the lost one until he finds it? When he has found it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders. And coming home, he calls his friends and neighbors together, saying to them, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost sheep. As I was studying for this episode, there was no one verse in this passage that really stuck out to me the most. And it's something that really isn't in Matthew's telling of this story. It's verse 5, where it says, When he has found it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders. And on the surface level, this means that Jesus doesn't find us so we can walk back to his kingdom on our own. That we have to put forth the effort to walk back to his kingdom on his own. Because, of course, that's the illustration happening here. No, 
Jesus finds us. So he puts us on his back and carries us to the kingdom of light. We don't have to do anything. He carries us on his back. And I was doing a little research on sheep, um, their mentality and all that. Like why, why was the, this such a vital uh, piece of information for me to know? Why did it jump out to me like that? And I found something interesting. Sheep are very social animals. This is why they always travel in flocks, you know, as a, as a big old group. They're social animals. And when a sheep gets lost and is by itself, it enters such a depressive state where it will lie down where it's at and wait till it dies because there's no one else, there's nothing like it around it. It will lie there starving itself until it dies with no motivation to live, with no saving it, with no, and if the shepherd comes and tries to walk it back, it won't walk back. It'll stay where it's at until it dies. So what does the shepherd have to do when they go retrieve the sheep? They have to hoist the sheep up onto their backs, grab it by the legs, two on the two legs grabbed by the left hand, two legs grabbed by the right hand, and carry it back to the flock. On his back, because the sheep won't make the effort to go do it themselves. And man, what does that say about us? And I know that it might sound like I'm stretching. It might sound like I'm reaching for some kind of hidden subliminal message in this thing that no one's ever seen before. But in reality, Jesus was all man and he was all God. And God created everything on this earth intentionally and perfectly and by design so if jesus is all man and all god with all knowledge of everything that the father knows would he not know this about his creation the sheep is this not an intentional comparison to make between the sheep and us where we go astray we go by ourselves. And once we realize how far we are from God's glory, and this is for the believers here. This is, this is a testimony for the believers here. Where we are with the flock, we are with the kingdom, and we go astray, we get lost. And we look around. We finally come to our senses and we realize how far we are from the group, how far we are from the flock, how far we are from the shepherd. And a lot of us enter this kind of depressive state where we just kind of keep doing the same things that led us there in the first place. Because why? Because we can't go back to the shepherd. There's no one around us to help us. And we ourselves can't walk back to the shepherd because we believe we're unworthy. Because we believe that where we're at is all that there is. And we lie there in our sin, we lie there in our mistakes, we lie there in our transgressions until we die. But Jesus, but Jesus being the good shepherd that he is, sees us going astray. He sees us walking off. 
and he decides to leave the already established 99, the already established kingdom. He decides to leave the majority and go after the one. And he finds you where you're at. And because he knows that you don't feel worthy enough to go walk back to him, to go back, walk back to the kingdom with him, he carries you on his shoulders. He grabs your legs on each hand and he carries you all the way back. He makes the same journey that he took to go find you again, but this time with you on his back. Talking about what we already talked about before where you're trudging through the wilderness and you're fighting off bears and lions and wolves, but now he's doing it with you on his back. Like if that doesn't amaze you of the mercy and grace of God, I don't know what will, that he knows his creation so well. He knows that you won't feel worthy enough to go run back to him. So he goes and finds you and puts you on his back and carries you back to the flock. And what does it say after that? It says that he finds his friends and he rejoices, reading exactly what he says from verse 6, and coming home, he calls his friends and neighbors together, saying to them, Rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. He puts all the work. He puts all the effort. He does all of that and he rejoices that he found you. Now, I don't know about you, but I know that if a lot of us, I know that if I, I don't know if you can relate to this, I know that, but if I had to put that much work for something that didn't even want to come back and I had to carry it back on my back, I already had to make the effort to go look for it. And now I had to carry it on my back. I would be pretty annoyed at that sheep for wandering off. I think myself, I'd be in a bad mood for the rest of the day. Why? If you couldn't ask me why, it's because that dumb sheep went and got itself lost and I had to carry it back. Praise the Lord that I'm not Jesus because I would be irritated for every time I had to go find a lost sheep out in the wilderness and carry it back because it didn't want to walk. I would be irritated. I would be annoyed at the effort put forth for something that didn't really want to be saved in the first place. But what does Jesus do? Jesus celebrates with his friends and neighbors. The shepherd celebrates with his friends and neighbors. Jesus celebrates with the kingdom of heaven over the one sheep that he went. He's not grumpy. He's not aggravated. He's not irritated. He's not annoyed. He celebrates over the sheep. And it doesn't just say that he, you know, was just like, hey, I I found the sheep. You know, that's cool. It says that he celebrates. That's a little bit bigger. It says rejoice. I don't know if you've ever rejoiced before, but it says that he rejoices over the sheep. That's a that's a big deal because we can be happy about a lot of things. We can be glad about a lot of things, but for us to truly rejoice, now that's something special. I don't think there are a lot of people that know how to truly rejoice today, but I'm here to tell you that we can rejoice because Jesus carried us on his back, back to the kingdom where we belong. And Jesus really likes this illustration because it comes, a similar illustration comes up in John, uh, kind of reinforcing some of the things that I've been saying, starting from John 10, verse 4. 
and he has bought all his own outside. And he goes ahead of them. The sheep follow him because they recognize his voice. That right there. Once we're back with the flock, once we are united as one, we follow him because we recognize the voice of the shepherd. All as a flock, all in unison. Why? Because we desire nothing but to follow the voice of God. To follow the voice of Jesus Christ. Why? Because... They recognize his voice. We can't be rescued. We can't be carried back to the flock and then remain ignorant to the voice of God. No, it says that the the flock of sheep follow him because they recognize his voice. We have to grow attuned, accustomed to the voice of God so that we can follow it all as a flock. Why? Because if you don't recognize the shepherd's voice when he says let's go guess where you're going to end up you're going to end up separated from the flock yet again having to be carried back to the flock god has grace yes but for you to really grow as a christian for you to grow as a believer we need to grow attuned to the voice of god so that we can follow with the rest of the kingdom so we can follow with the flock jumping down to verse 11 of john 10 it says that i am the good shepherd The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired man, since he is not the shepherd and doesn't own the sheep, leaves them and runs away when he sees a wolf coming. The wolf then snatches and scatters them. This happens because he is a hired man and doesn't care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me. As the Father knows me and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. And this extension of the parable of being a shepherd really speaks on multiple levels. First of that comment about following the voice of the shepherd and recognizing when he is speaking, when he is saying to move so we don't get left behind. But also it says that a hired servant leaves at the first sight of a wolf why because he doesn't care about the sheep because he's just there to be paid and i think that a lot of us are following a hired servant in our lives we're following things like money like our careers like fame like likes on social media like boyfriends like girlfriends like parents like a lot of things that will run at the first sight of a wolf why because they are not your true shepherd Money will abandon you the second trouble comes around. Why? Because it just gets taken away. Friends will abandon you the second trouble comes around. Because we're all human. Your job will abandon you when a wolf comes around. Why? Because it does not care about the sheep. It does not care. But the good shepherd does. And he says it himself here that I will lay down my life for the sheep. I will lay down my life for the sheep. He gave up his life for his sheep. He gave up his life for us. And I don't think we're doing it justice by just sitting around where we're at just kind of soaking in grace because we keep messing up and we think, oh, God's grace. I'm covered. I'm good. 
Something else that's interesting about the mentality of sheep that I was looking into is if you place a sheep into an empty room with nothing around it, it will sit there. And because their capacity is so small, it just thinks, hey, this room is the whole universe. This room is all there is to existence. That's it. I'll walk from this corner of the room to that corner of the room to that corner of the room to the other corner of the room. And then I will have seen the whole universe. Then I can lay down at the center of the room and die. Because this is all there is. And it just amazes me how much the Lord knows his creation comparing us to sheep and him to a shepherd and how many of us, even as believers, we get to a space where we get comfortable, we get to a a very small limiting space and we look around and we say, hey, this is all there is. This is all the Lord has for me. Right here. Just being saved. I'll be saved in this corner and then I'll go to that corner and be saved and I'll go to the other corner and be saved and I'll go to the last corner and be saved and then I'll just sit in this room because this is all the Lord has for me. No. No. Not at all. The Lord has so much for us after we get saved. But we just have to know His voice. We have to know the voice of the shepherd telling us that that little room is not all that there is. That there's so much more that we need to do, that we have to do, that it's our duty to do as disciples of Jesus. Because it is an injustice to the death of Jesus Christ to not tell everyone about it, to not live for him. It undermines the death of Jesus. It undermines the resurrection of Jesus. For us to sit there on our butts in our rooms doing nothing about the gospel. And that's a completely different message on what that means and how to do that. But there is more for you. And there is more for everyone around you. We can't be the sheep that just sit in our little rooms of salvation and think that that's the whole universe. That's all God has for us. No, we need to get with the flock. We need to get with the kingdom. We need to get with the people that are anointed. We need to get with the people that are believers. We need to get with the people that will motivate us to go forward. And once we're with them, once we're brought back to them by the Father, then we need to grow attuned to the voice of Jesus Christ so that when Jesus says, flock, let's move to this new pasture because I have greater for you in this new pasture that we don't get left behind because we didn't recognize the voice. The shepherd not only defends the sheep, but it guides the sheep when necessary. Let the Lord guide you. As a, Let the Lord guide us as a whole. God knows that we need it today in this day and age. The Lord compares us to sheep for a reason. The Lord does everything in His works for a reason. And He's done too much for us to not do anything about 
his gospel about his message about his death and resurrection because he is the shepherd that did lay down his life for the sheep. But unlike any other shepherd in the history of creation, this shepherd got back up after three days. He rose again. He got back up. He did that for us. So we must tell the world about it. And to do that, we need to grow attuned to the voice of God and how He wants you to move. And if you haven't been saved yet, the Lord is not just calling you back, but He is willing to carry you on His back, back to the flock. He's willing to carry you on His back into the kingdom of glory. And if you are saved and you have been going astray or you feel like you're dry or you feel like you're empty, the Lord is willing to find you where you're at. Grab your legs, put you on His back and carry you back to the flock, carry you back to the kingdom. We just need to call out to Him because He already knows that you're missing. He knows that you're lost. He knows that you're struggling. We just need to call out to Him. We don't even have to walk back with Him. He'll carry us back to the kingdom. But we can't stay in the same spot or else we get left behind again. Or else we get separated and we get lost again. Jesus is more than a paid servant. He cares about us and He loves us. He cares about you and He loves you. If he didn't say it, it's true because it's in his word. And he is not a man that he should lie. Live out the way that Jesus calls us to live. And if you're feeling stuck or in a rut, call out to the shepherd. Because he cares for you and he'll go find you. And with that, I want to thank you guys for starting this new season with me, listening to me ramble for about 30-ish minutes. But this is an important reminder of the depth of salvation and how salvation doesn't have to be a one-time gig. And with that, I'm glad to be back. There's more like this to come for the rest of season two. I'll see you guys in the next one. I love you guys. Jesus loves you. God bless.